slow tonight, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is, Mr. Connor. What would be? I'm awfully glad you asked me that, Lloyd. Because I just happen to have two 20s and two 10s right here in my wallet. I was afraid they were going to be there next April. Here's what. You slip me a bottle of bourbon, two glass, and some ice. You can do that, can't you, Lloyd? You're not too busy, are you? <laughs> no, sir. Not busy at all. Good man. You set him up, and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. Welcome to the Bourbon and Branch Podcast. Today is Sunday, February 25th, 2018. Today's boozy snack will be Weller Antique 107, which I'll review later in the show. It's been a busy couple of weeks, but I'm excited to finally share a full episode with everyone. So I'll begin with a little Bourbon 101. To legally be sold as bourbon, the whiskey's mash bill, which is the mix of grains used to make it, must be at least 51% corn, with the remaining grains being rye, wheat, or malted barley. The grain is ground and mixed with water, and yeast is added to this mash to begin fermentation. The next step is to distill this mixture into alcohol, otherwise known as white dog. The clear white dog spirit is then placed in newly charred American white oak barrels for aging. During the aging process, color and flavor is imparted from the caramelized sugars in the charred wood. Bourbons gain more color and flavor the longer they age in the barrel. Once the bourbon has matured, it's bottled to at least 80 proof for all of us who love the stuff to enjoy. Next up, the latest bourbon news. Heaven Hill to release 11-year-old bottled in bond. Heaven Hill announced this week the release of a limited edition series of Old Fitzgerald bottled in bond Kentucky straight bourbon. It will be in stores each spring and fall, and the bottle, an old-fashioned decanter style with a glass topper, is gorgeous. And its contents, 11-year-old 100-proof bottle and bomb bourbon, is sure to be a crowd pleaser. Drop the mic with this bourbon. Mic Drop Straight Bourbon has arrived, grabbing our attention with both its moniker and label design by comic book artist Chris Batista. All this is sure to make collectors and hipsters take notice, but inside the bottle is an 8-year-old bourbon distilled at MGP in Lawrenceburg, Indiana from a mash bill of 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% malted barley. It's bottled at cast strength, 112 proof, and the MSRP is $100. You can't fool the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. IntelliCheck announced this week, that the legendary Kentucky Distillers Association is using IntelliCheck's Age ID to build on its commitment to responsible bourbon consumption. KDA members will utilize cutting-edge technology at multiple distilleries on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and Kentucky Bourbon Trail Craft Tour. Age ID will be used on mobile devices to authenticate driver's licenses and other forms of ID to catch altered and fake IDs, which, which will prevent underage access to alcoholic beverage sales and samples. Hmm, I guess that means George Papadopoulos won't be sipping any bourbon on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and if you're younger than 30, you probably don't get that movie reference anyway. Now for some whiskey history. 
If you don't know about Nathan, you should. In honor of Black History Month, I thought I'd share the story of Nathan Nearest Green. Green was a formerly enslaved African American known to be a mentor and the man who taught Jack Daniels most of the distilling techniques that led to the creation of his iconic Tennessee whiskey. Green became the first master distiller for Jack Daniels and the first African American master distiller on record in the United States. In 2016, the Jack Daniels Company acknowledged Green's accomplishments and today Green is mentioned in tours of the distillery. Now for some bourbon trivia. Kentucky is all about the bourbon. In fact, there is more bourbon than people in the bluegrass state. At any given time, more barrels than people, about 4.4 million people are in Kentucky and around 5 million barrels are inside the distillery rickhouses across the state. That comes out to nearly 300 bottles for each person in the state. In fact, the people of Kentucky are practically swimming in it. Now, what we've all been waiting for, the Bourbon and Branch first ever trip report. On February 13th, I had to make a sudden and lengthy road trip due to a death in the family. It was a somber mood to begin with, but I made the best of it with some bourbon hunting and a stay in Oklahoma City. The family member who passed would have wanted lemons to be turned into Lynchburg lemonade instead of sitting around and being sad. That's what the wife and I did. Here are some of the highlights. We started a long drive from Odessa, Texas to Paragould, Arkansas. It's around 900 miles straight through. There wasn't really time for stopping, but there was time for research and reflection. Paragould is so close to Kentucky, there's always the allure to head that way and look for rare or hard to find bourbons. But that's a trip that we'll have to wait for another time. Other than the proximity of Paragould to great destinations in the area, there wasn't a lot else going on besides planning the funeral. However, we did have time to do a little bourbon hunting. We went by an old haunt, Mr. T's Liquor in Cardwell, Missouri. It's about 15 minutes from Paragold, and their claim to fame is that they're open, open 365 days a year, even on Christmas. They didn't have a whole lot there that was new that I hadn't found before, but I did pick up a few bottles to add to the collection. We also stopped by the Paragold Liquor Store. I hadn't been there before, but I did find a bottle that I haven't been able to grab lately, which is the Rebel Yell Small Batch Reserve Bourbon, which I'm looking forward to reviewing in a later podcast for everyone. We left on Thursday and decided to stay a couple of nights in Oklahoma City. I've never been there before, neither has the wife. Also, I've never driven that part of the country. It was both beautiful and interesting. I'm usually the kind of guy that wants to just fly everywhere so I can get there and get started on my trip. But the drive was nice, it was a nice distraction, and it gave me time to reflect on the reality of losing a loved one, but also allowed the opportunity to explore new and exciting things which I think not only honored the family members' memory, but were cathartic as well. Enough reflection, and now on to the fun part, Oklahoma City. We decided to stay in the Bricktown area of Oklahoma City. We weren't sure what to expect, but we were pleasantly surprised. We arrived around 5 p.m. that evening and made plans for dinner and drinks. We stopped at the hotel bar and had a drink, and our bartender suggested that we have dinner at Urban Johnny's across the street. It was a great place with good food, good cocktails, and a great atmosphere. I recommend getting their house brew, which is $2 a pint. 
After dinner, we had beers and old school video games at Flashback Retro Pub. A really fun destination that had great beer, great cocktails, and hey, free old school video games. If we go back, it would be a fun place to go to with a group of people. We capped the night at Tapworks L House, a nice little spot with a great selection of beer, good music, and a great staff. Now on to day two, which involved bourbon hunting, a bit of time on the Riverwalk, and dinner with one of Felisa's old friends. On day two, we had the opportunity to shop at Freeman's Liquor Mart on recommendation of Oklahoma City resident and fellow Vice Lounge member, Dwayne Manis. They had a great selection of very helpful staff and decent prices. I was able to grab a lot of different bottom shelf bottles of bourbon and Felice was able to grab some champagne and some beer that she'd been looking for. After we shopped, we decided to head to the Riverwalk area of Bricktown for some lunch and drinks. Our first stop was for margaritas and appetizers at the Yucatan Taco Stand and Tequila Bar. It's a great place. They had good margaritas and the appetizers were great. It was too cold to explore the Riverwalk that day, so we headed downstairs for a couple of drinks at a place called Jasmo's Bourbon Street Cafe. Once again, a great staff, very friendly and helpful and knowledgeable about the city. After lunch and drinks, it was time to return to the hotel and get ready for our dinner date with one of Felice's old college friends and her husband. We decided to go buy a whiskey cake in Oklahoma City. I was excited about it because I'd been to the, another location in Plano, Texas. Their bourbon selection wasn't quite as expansive as the Plano location, but it was still very impressive. I ended up trying the Barter House 20-year-old Kentucky bourbon from the Orkin Barrel Collection, a tasty and relatively rare bottle. I really enjoyed the complexity with lots of baking spice and brown sugar notes. Hopefully, I'll run across a bottle to add to my collection for a future review. After my dram, it was time for dinner and cocktails and great conversation. I switched from straight bourbon to a tasty cocktail called the Kentucky Stud, a take on a whiskey sour with wood for reserve bourbon and fresh citrus. Dinner and drinks were great, but the best part was catching up with, catching up with and making new friends. Bonus, Felice's old college friend's husband is a whiskey drinker as well. So something tells me there will be future trips to Oklahoma City the entire trip turned out to be fantastic. And now it's time to review the episode's boozy snack. Today I'll be sampling and reviewing Weller Antique 107 Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Weller Antique is 107 proof weeded bourbon. Weeded bourbons replace rye with wheat in their mash bill. William LaRue Weller, the man behind the brand, is often credited for being the first to produce a weeded bourbon. Antique 107 is supposed to be sweet yet bold with unusual floral notes with hints of vanilla and reverence to the legacy of William LaRue Willard. So let's give it a try. So on the nose, I definitely get that note of floral along with some baking spices and some vanilla. I'm also picking up a little bit of maple in there as well. Now for a taste. 
Ooh. A little heat on the tongue, but it goes down smooth. Once again, I'm getting that um, flavor of vanilla, along with some baking spices and a little bit of cinnamon. On the back of the palate, that maple comes through as well. It has a lot of heat because of the 107 proof in the beginning, but it goes down really smooth and doesn't go down as far as being the heat, it dissipates when it goes down in the back of the palate. Mmm, it's good stuff. I'd say Willer Antique 107 is a very quality bourbon. It's kind of hard to find with the uh, recent craze for all the Pappy and Willer products. But if you come across a bottle of Antique 107, I recommend picking one up. It makes a really good sipper. The proof would also hold up well in some high craft cocktails. So I'd probably give it, grade-wise, for taste, I'd say it's about a B to B+. Plus. For the value, it's an A, it's just hard to find. It only costs around $30 a bottle if you can find it at your liquor store. Overall, I'd say it's a solid B. Finally, I'd like to close the episode with some shout-outs and thank yous to podcasters that I listen to and inspire me to continue this bourbon podcasting adventure. First off, Tony and Jason at the Vice Lounge Online Podcast, where they like to say casino gaming, premium cigars, and fine adult beverages generally equal bliss. Also, Mark, Karen, and Tony at the 360 Vegas Podcast, a must-listen for anyone who loves the Neon Oasis. Chris over at Faces and Aces Las Vegas, where what happens in Vegas ends up on his podcast. Also, Julian and Shane at the Vegas Confessions Podcast, where they share stories and experiences directly from Sin City. And finally, Adam over at the Travel Fanboy Podcast, the podcast for unabashed budget travelers. Please take a little time to subscribe and listen to these awesome podcasts. They're all entertaining, informative, and downright fun. Finally, please follow my podcast, Bourbon and Branch, on Twitter at Burb, B-O-U-R-B, the letter N, Branch, B-R-A-N-C-H, pod, P-O-D, on Instagram, at Burb and Branch, B-O-U-R-B-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H, or join our Facebook group, Bourbon and Branch Podcast. You can also email the show at bourbonandbranchpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, always remember that there is no wrong way to enjoy bourbon, especially with friends and family sharing stories, laughs, and pours. Cheers. <laughs>